said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword, with the spear, and with the shield, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Thou hast defied this day. This day the Lord will deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God. a power greater than every force of darkness. Verse 47, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into to deliver you. God wants to give you victory and God wants to cause you to triumph in His name today. If there's anybody that claims that in your life today, I want you to lift your hands and your voice all over this sanctuary. 
how we should begin to call on the name of Jesus right now, believing that in your circumstance, there can be deliverance in your life from all fear. You can come out of your depression today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody lift up your faith right now and believe that God is able to cause you to triumph over every addiction, over every fear, over every anxiety, over every spirit of the adversary. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I wonder if there could be a hand clap and a shout all over this house. Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It is no secret to you and I if you have been a part of the kingdom of God around the things of God for any amount of time. You have surely come to the understanding by way of instruction or by way of sheer experience that we are in a spiritual fight. We are in a, a battle. We are in a war of darkness versus the light. We are in a, a struggle. Amen. All throughout the Bible, in fact, we see battles. We read of uh, so many stories of, of this army uh, fighting against that army and, and, and this force against that force. But all throughout Scripture, the underlying uh, principle is this formed in uh, or from the very beginning. The forces of evil have uh, uh, formed themselves against the power of the almighty God and in an effort to destroy all that would come to serve uh, the one true living God. Satan would love to defeat and to destroy with his evil devices. Hell would love to convince you that while we are in this fight that you are doomed to defeat. Satan would love to convince you that uh, you don't have the right pedigree and you don't have the right past and you don't have all the necessary things that would qualify you to walk in dominion and authority in the spirit. But I want to rise today above every lie and every deceit of the adversary and convince you that it is the will of God that you live your life in victory. I know, I know many sermons have been preached and many books have been written, amen, about living a victorious life and being triumphant in Christ, amen. So I've not come to uncover or reveal to you some deep theological profound wisdom concerning this subject. I just come to remind somebody today that whatever you are dealing with and whatever battle you are fighting, there is a God that desires, it is his will, amen, for you to take authority over every stronghold of the adversary. He would have you to take dominion over every spirit of fear and depression that would try to hinder you. Amen. I'm telling you, it is the will of God for you to leave this service today walking in a new dimension of victory through Christ Jesus. Man. This fight we are in, it can be very easy to get uh, disillusioned. It can be easy to 
be distracted by the battle itself. It would be easy for you and I today to get so caught up in, in, in the battle that we lose sight of the promised victory that God has placed upon his people. We are in a spiritual fight. And though we fight new battles every day, there are new challenges that present themselves in front of us all the time. My generation is facing challenges like no other generation has ever faced. I don't say that as an effort to belittle the challenges of any generation that has preceded us. Every generation has their challenges. Every generation, every individual has their oppositions and and the things that seek to destroy them. But it would seem to me just from the vantage point of a young preacher that today we are facing challenges that we have never faced before. There is such an onslaught of hell that it would be real easy for some to, to just, to just kind of fold their arms and just settle back in some place of comfort and ease and say that we will never win. We will never conquer the challenges that have come against us for we, we we quote it so many times and we know it by heart I would say what Paul told the church in Ephesus we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places we understand I believe most of us we understand the nature of the battle we are in. But what I feel is my mission today is to convince you that there is no power. There is no principality. There is no ruler. There is no wickedness that is greater than our God. There is nothing in this world that would form against you that is stronger or bigger than the power of God that worketh in you. So my mission today is not to convince you that you're in a spiritual fight. I believe you know that. My mission is to convince you that there is victory for you in this fight. For we don't fight according to our own defenses. We don't fight according to our own abilities. We don't fight by, by way of our observations. But we fight in the spirit. We fight according to his playbook. We follow his word. We pray in the spirit. Believing that prayer can pull down things. That my personality and my skill set cannot accomplish. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Amen. I'm telling you, we need to get a fresh understanding that some things can't be done by my charisma or my professionalism or my Pentecostal outfit. Some things are only done by fighting in the spirit and allowing God to honor my faith with a demonstration of his power. I would do my best today over these next few moments to convince you that there is victory for you. 
There is victory for you. You have not been destined for failure. You have not been created to die in your dilemma. You have not been created, amen, to fall subject to the prey of the adversary. You were not formed so that Satan could take you out. What was it Brother Cunningham said the other night? If hell could kill you, you'd already be dead. If the devil could take you out, he'd have took you out years ago. Somebody needs to understand today, amen, that though the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So I would preach to you today, amen, what the devil can't steal, God said, I'll give that life. What the devil can't kill, God said, I'm going to give that life. What the devil can't destroy, God said, I'm going to raise that very thing up and I'm going to cause it to walk in a dimension of victory. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands right now with the understanding that I'm still here and it's for the reason of walking in a greater dimension of victory. As Goliath did in 1 Samuel 17, so does our enemy do today. He presents himself before the very people of God. Goliath comes before the armies of Israel and he defies the God that they serve. He mocks their God. He scorns their faith and their identity. Isn't that what the devil does in this day and in this hour? Our generation is battling, amen, the lies and the defying voices of the adversary that, that, that straight out blatantly defies the one true living God. God, amen, the adversary of our day, amen, they're, they're not ashamed of their lifestyles, they're not ashamed of their agendas, amen, they'll just flaunt it out in front of God and everybody, not giving any regard to the word of God and the principles, amen, that God hath established for us and so our adversary comes defying our God, defying our faith. So the adversary, as Goliath did, so does he do even in the ears of good apostolic people, people that sit on a padded chair every Sunday morning. Hell would get in our ears and defy our faith. He would tell us that our God is not everything that the preacher declares him to be. Hell would love to convince you that your God is not nearly as powerful as the word of God teaches that he is but I wonder if there is one as David, a man that steps onto the scene and though others may fall subject to his fear, a man David stepped onto the scene and said I refuse to sit idly by and let the enemy rule this day I refuse to let the adversary 
win and gain the ground that has been promised to the people of God. So if there would be just one, surely there's more than just one today, but even if there would be just one that would rise up as David did and said, I'll fight because I know that if God is for me, then he is greater than whoever would come against me. I don't, I don't know why I'm hammering on fear today, amen, but I'm just trusting that somebody in this house is gonna leave this building having overcome the spirit of fear. You need to decide it's not gonna control me. I'm not gonna tuck my head and hide. I'm not gonna call myself a chosen child of God, yet cower to the voices of a defying giant. I will stand up in the power and in the authority of the name that's above every other name and I will conquer my every adversary and I will be victorious. Come on, I wish somebody would clap your hands and declare that today. I will be victorious. Goliath had presented himself to the army of Israel, issuing them a challenge. Send me a man who will fight. Send, send me a man that he and I may fight this out together. If he wins, the army of the Philistines will serve your God. But if I win, I, Goliath, this champion of war, if I win, then the army of Israel the house of Israel will serve our gods. That challenge caused the Israelite army to hide in fear, cowering down to this challenge issued by this uncircumcised Philistine. Yet David comes on to the scene and he quickly realizes amen, that nobody is standing up for the God that their adversary is defying. So David quickly decides amen, that if, that if, if he's going to defy my God then he will not defy him without a fight because I will stand for the one true God of Israel. I will fight for what is right. Some would even say, and I told you, amen, this has all just kind of been turning over in my spirit. I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity, amen, to totally study this all out just yet. But some would believe that the calls that David spoke of and the calls, amen, that drove David to this place of putting himself in a position to fight Goliath. The cause was they were fighting for, the, for land. They were fighting for a territory. They, they weren't just fighting because of, of, of boredom. They were fighting to obtain land. They were fighting to gain ground. And this, this valley of Elah, there was significance there. Amen. Someone even told me, amen, that there was significance in, in landmarks in, in that area of their battlefield. I don't have it all figured out just yet. Amen. But just maybe David rose up and said, I'm going to fight because I refuse to lose ground ground to the adversary. 
Amen. Some of you ought to get a Holy Ghost backbone today and determine to conquer your, your, your adversary for no other reason but for that you refuse to lose any ground. You've come way too far. God's done way too much for you. He's performed way too many miracles. He's blessed you too many times. How could you lose ground? So if for no other reason, you ought to stand up and say, I'm going to fight for what's mine. I'm going to fight for my victory. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my salvation. Oh, I feel like preaching. You ought to get something within you. You ought to let it rise up and say there is a cause. There is a reason to fight. I'm not just going to let the devil run over my family. I'm not going to let the adversary destroy the house of Israel. But if there is a cause, I will fight. And by the power of God, we're not going to lose ground. We're going to gain ground in Jesus' name. Oh, I wish somebody would lift your hands right now and just make a declaration of faith on this Sunday morning. I'm going to gain a little ground in God today. I'm going to gain a little spiritual territory. I'm going to go further than I've ever been. I'm going to go deeper. Come on, somebody give God praise for just a moment. David said, is there not a cause? He goes before his brothers. His brothers quickly realized that what David is here for. David didn't just come. David's not here just to deliver the sack lunch. He's not here only for the purpose of bringing bread and cheeses to us and the captain of the host. But, but he, he, he's here and he's getting a little bit above his head. And so his oldest brother says, David, you don't belong here. I, 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 know, you're, I know you're intrigued with war. Amen. You're intrigued with battle. This fascinates you, David. But go on home. This isn't your moment. This isn't your time. Amen. Just go on back to that scrawny little flock of sheep back in dad's pasture. That's where you belong. Not here. Amen. Not responding with courage to a challenge of an uncircumcised Philistine. I can't preach every nook and cranny of this today, amen, but some of you need to silence some voices around you that would tell you this is not your moment, this is not your day. Some of you need to shut some, some things out that have been telling you, amen, to just go on back and live the way things have been living and don't involve yourself in this spiritual warfare that we are in. But God sent a preacher from Oklahoma to preach to you today in spite of every voice of opposition. I've come to tell you that it is your day. You have been called to victory and God is more than willing to fight for you. Call David before Saul. Saul tries to talk him out of responding to this challenge that Goliath hath set forth. Saul tries to get him. Well, if you're going to go, put on my armor. 
you're going to go, then you've got to have some kind of defense. You've got to have some kind of protection, some mechanism to defend yourself from the sword and the spear of this great giant. So David puts on this armor of Saul, and it's way too big for him. It didn't fit him. It wasn't made for him as David stood there with this clump of metal just just all around him. He's in this, this shell of, of steel, so to speak. He can't move. He can't function. He can't be himself. He can't be who God has created him to be. So David says, Saul, all due respect, I can't fight like this. I, I, can't, I can't operate in your armor. Just let me go out and be who I am. Let me fight with what God has given me to fight with. I've got a sling. I can get some stones and God will protect me. Amen. In fact, Saul, if you don't believe me, there was a time where a bear came into the fat pasture and tried to take a lamb, but I wouldn't have it. And I went and I wrestled with the bear and saved the lion from the jaws of that bear. In fact, Saul, there was another time where a lion came and tried to devour a lion, but I wouldn't have it. I went and I wrestled with the lion, and I saved the lamb out of the lion's jaws. And I just see David as he bows up in the face of an adversarial Saul and says, hey, if God ever gave me victory over the bear and the lion, then who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Why couldn't God do it again? Why couldn't God give me victory one more time? I'm preaching to people today that if you had the time, you could preach a better sermon than I because of all that God has done in your life. Some of you have conquered some lions. Some of you have conquered some bears. Amen. And I've come to tell you, this giant that stands before you today, he is not bigger. He is not greater. The same God that gave you victory before is more than able to deliver you one more time. As David looked Saul square in the eye and said, God's going to come through for me. God can give me victory. It becomes evident to me that David saw something that nobody else could see. David could see something. David was fixed upon a picture of something that nobody else could even see. They saw an uncircumcised Philistine. They saw a, what, nine foot something tall giant. They saw a champion of war that had never known defeat. David David saw something very different. While they saw defeat, David said, I, I see a different picture. I, I, I see victory. I know, I know the battle hasn't even started yet. I, I haven't even walked down into the valley yet. But David was telling all of them, I, I see victory here. I see something that doesn't look possible. I see something here that doesn't seem like it could ever happen and ever be evident. David said, I, I've got a vision of victory. 
I would preach to somebody in this place today before it ever seems possible, before it ever seems evident, before any glimmer of hope finds its way into your circumstance, you ought to lift up your eyes and say, ah, I know the odds are stacked against me. I know I'm not qualified. I don't have the right pedigree. I know I, know I don't have all the right resources that some would say I need to fight and win, but I've got a vision of victory. I see something supernatural unfolding here. Amen. Somebody needs to lift up your eye today and realize that you're not headed for defeat. It may look like it. It may look like your kids are lost and never coming back, but you ought to get a vision of victory. It may look like you're bound on alcohol and drugs and you'll never get free, but you ought to get a vision of victory. And the vision says, there's victory for me. There's freedom for me. Come on, I know your circumstance. I know the, the, the devil would lie to you and tell you that you don't have a God-given purpose and you can never be used by God. Remember, you ought to bow up today and say, I got a vision. And the vision doesn't match the lie of the adversary. My vision says I can be victorious. Maybe there's somebody in this place today and you've been battling thoughts of depression. You've been battling anxiety. You can't get loose from it. You can't get free from it. It seems every day, amen, you are hindered and you are hampered by these depression thoughts and these anxiety moments. I've come to tell you, you need to let your faith arise today and say, I'm not gonna stay here, but I see something. I see victory on the horizon. I see the deliverance. Well, it's getting tight in here now. I said, you ought to determine today I'm going to lift up my eyes above the fear and the anxiety. I'm going to look beyond my depression and I'm going to let God give me a vision of what is to come. Can I push pause and just chase a rabbit for about a minute and a half? This doesn't have anything to do with David and Goliath, but I felt the Holy Ghost quicken it to me, so let me just let me just chase this, and I promise I'll come right back. But when we talk about Noah and the ark, we talk about this cataclysmic disaster, amen, whereby every living thing on the earth was destroyed, yet the only thing saved was Noah, his family, and the animals on the ark. We, 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 we are very well familiar with Noah and the ark. We know the story of the flood, but I believe sometimes we fail to distinguish the difference between the story of Noah and the story of the flood. They coincide and they go together, but they are not the same because the flood was only a season in the life of Noah. The flood was only a sector of his life. It was really just a chapter. And when the flood was over, Noah lived on another 350 years. The flood was just a little while, but life continued on. When the flood was over, I've come to tell somebody, whatever you're in, whatever that is before you, there is life when it's all over. This doesn't end this way. It's not gonna end in defeat. It's not gonna end in failure. There is life after this season. 
Somebody ought to claim that right now. Somebody ought to give God praise for that. Somebody ought to build your own faith right now that when this is over, I'll live on. David said, I see something. He encouraged himself, said, I see victory here. Nobody else sees it. Nobody, everybody else sees the failure. Everybody else sees the defeat. Everybody else sees, amen, the armies of Israel serving the God of the Philistines. But I see victory here. So David said, I'm going to fight until the victory comes. I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to be faithful to the call of God until I see the fulfillment of this vision. David started walking down into that valley. He stops by the brook. He picks up five smooth stones. He begins to make his way toward Goliath. Goliath sees him coming. And Goliath begins to laugh. Goliath begins to disdain him, Scripture says. Goliath begins to mockingly ridicule the mere thought of David that he would just he would present himself before the champion of the war. Goliath begins to be blatantly confident. Well, it's going to be easier than I thought. This is going to be a victory for me. An easier victory than any victory I've ever won. Just a just a youth, ruddy, fair countenance. Just, just a boy. Goliath says, who do you think I am? Am I, am I a dog? You would come to me with sticks and with stones. Goliath commences to go into his pre-victory speech. Goliath begins to declare unto David, hey little boy, you've come wanting to fight. You think you can accept my challenge and defeat me? Well, little David, here is what I am getting ready to do unto you. Goliath said, come, come a little bit closer. I will give your flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. David, just, just get a little bit closer and I will destroy you. I will defeat you. I will dominate you. Isn't that what the devil tells some of us? Isn't that what the devil tells us? I, I'm going to destroy your walk with God. I'm going to destroy your family. Isn't that the purpose of our adversary? Amen. To feed our spiritual flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Amen. Isn't that like our adversary to walk like a, 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 a lion seeking whom he may devour? David did. David didn't hesitate. David did not back down. David did not let fear, amen, to catch up with him in this moment. David looked that giant right back in the eye and said, all right, you had your turn. Now it's my turn. And I've got a pre-victory speech prepared as well. David said, Goliath, though you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, I want you to know I come to you with 
more than a sling. I come with more than five smooth stones. I come to you with more than the leather strap over my back. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm going to hit it and move on because i got to hurry. Amen. But some of you need to remember. Amen. If you've got the name, that's all you need. Some of you need to be reminded that you don't need a supplement. You don't need an add-in. You don't need anything to mix together with it. The name is more than enough to conquer your adversary. The name is enough to bring your addiction to an end. The name of Jesus is more than enough to cease, amen, the thoughts of depression that have been coming against you. The name of Jesus is enough to stop anxiety dead in its tracks. The name of Jesus is enough to silence every lying voice that would get into your spirit. I'm telling you, there is still power in the name of Jesus. Can you put verse 46 up on the screen for me? Thank you so much. I know you didn't have a lot of heads heads up, but thank you for flowing the Holy Ghost with me. David, this is he's still continuing in his pre-victory speech to Goliath, and he gets to verse 46, and David says to this giant, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. David says, I will smite thee. I will take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Just leave that up there. Right here in verse 46, it becomes clear that David not only saw the vision, but now he begins to speak the vision. David was telling that giant, I've seen something for a little while, but now in your very face, I'm going to declare what I've seen, and this is what's about to happen. Oh, that if somebody could stand up in your spirit today and say, devil, I see something, but I'm not going to keep it to myself. I see something in the spirit, but I'm not about to be silent. I see it, and I'm going to say it. Giant, you're coming down. Fear, I'm going to smite thee this day. Depression, you're coming down today. Doubt you're crumbling today, for I see it and I'm gonna say it. Now, watch this. David not only said, God's gonna deliver you into my hand, he's not only said, I'm gonna smite thee, but David got bold. David said, I'm gonna take your head. From you. Now, remember, David left Saul's armor back at camp. So he didn't have a sword. 
He didn't have a javelin. He didn't have a spear. He didn't have a little weapon boy running out before him. All he's got is a sling and a few stones. And David said, I'm going to take your head from you. That's what I see and that's what I'm saying. David said, and that's what's about to happen. Some of you need to declare some things that you do not have in your power to perform. I know I've lost some of you by now, and I'm, I'm 34 minutes in. I'm getting to my sermon real fast. It's, it's going to be said and done here in just a minute. Amen. But some of you need to declare some things that you do not have control of. David said, I'm going to do something. But David didn't even have the resources to, to execute it. David didn't even have the necessary items to perform what he declared was getting ready to happen. Some of you need to get, get enough faith and confidence in the power of your God. Some of you need to get a vision of victory big enough, amen, that you're not trying to supplement it by your own power and your own weapons. You ought to get enough confidence in God to say this is what I believe God is able to do. Amen, it's outside of my possibility. It's outside the realm of my resources. But I know with God all things are possible. I know if I just speak a word, word of faith. God will put the weapon in my hand. God will put the resources in my hand. God will make up the difference, but just maybe God is waiting on you to see it and to say it even when you can't do it yourself said, I don't, I don't have a sword, I don't have a spear, I don't have a javelin, but I'm going to take your head from you and Goliath this day. All of the Philistines and everyone on this battlefield will know all the earth will see that there is a God in Israel. Goliath, you're getting ready to get a real good education that the Lord saveth not with spear and with sword. But God is victorious even when odds are stacked against his people. Goliath, you're coming into my hand. And David, the Bible says he begins to run toward that giant. He takes out one smooth stone places it in the little leather pouch at the end of that strap and Goliath begins to wind up that sling he begins to sling that thing high above his head and I don't know how long he slung it I don't know how much momentum and how much speed he picked up I, I wish they say a good prop does wonders to a bad sermon and I, I've got a I've got a slingshot made for marshmallows back at the RV in Minnesota I should have brought that today that would have bailed me out of a bad sermon today but I don't, know how, I don't know how fast he slung that thing and how long it took. Amen. But David let go of that, that strap and that stone went sailing through the air and met the forehead of this uncircumcised Philistine. And one stone was all it took to bring a giant to his face. One stone was all it took for David to be victorious. Can I preach to somebody in this house today? All it takes is one service. 
All it takes is one altar call for you to walk out of here victorious. All it takes is one holy divine moment of faith. All it takes is one, amen, prayer of repentance. All it takes is one statement of faith declaration. All it takes is one touch of the master's hand to release you into a dimension of victory. Somebody ought to lift your hand. I'm getting ready to close. Somebody lift your hand right now. Somebody give God praise. Somebody ought to claim it right now. This is my moment. This one moment is mine. This one service is mine. This one message from God is mine. I got to hurry. 38 minutes and 33 seconds. Not going to go into all of it. David. Runs over to Goliath, jumps on top of him, I would picture. <laughs> Pulls that sword of Goliath out of his sheath. And with the sword of the enemy, David fulfills the vision that he had seen and he had said. See, some of you need to be encouraged right now that though you see it and though you say it, God is able to do it. God is able to bring it to pass. No, I'm not preaching that you need to get caught up in just a bunch of Sunday morning emotionalism and just just, just get all crazy. And, amen. But I am saying you ought to operate in the Spirit this morning. And you ought to respond in faith to what the Holy Ghost is prompting you to declare in faith. And I can promise you, if you earnestly declare in faith, God, this is what I need. This is the victory that I see. And I'm going to declare it in faith. I can promise you that God is more than able
has covered every square inch of its forces that have formed against you. There's even some of you today that have looked that giant over. You have looked that giant over and you've said, I can never beat that. I can never make that thing fall. I can never defeat that spirit. I can never conquer that adversary. I can never beat that lie. I can never, I can never pray that spirit out of my family. I can never pray those that that off of my heart I, I could never pray these, these tormenting lies out of my mind I, I'm just going to have to I guess I'm just going to be defeated I'm just, I'm just going to fall I've come to preach revelation to somebody right now though Goliath looked well defended and well protected but God led that stone to the one area on the giant that was exposed After all that protection, God said, David, I have reserved one small space that is for your victory and your giant's defeat. And though the armor be good, though the metal shines bright, there's a forehead that I have left exposed so that you can defeat your giant. Today, whatever your giant is, whatever that thing is that has defied your faith and defied your God, I'm telling you, even on that giant, there is a space that has been reserved for your victory. Come on, the devil's not as well defended as you think he is. He's not as powerful as he's told you he is. There is a place of exposure. There is a place on that spirit that is susceptible to your prayer of faith. Somebody, you can pray that spirit down today. You can pray that devil off of your kids today. You can pray that anxiety out of your mind today. You can pray those thoughts of depression off of you today. It's not unbeatable. It's not unconquerable. God has left an area exposed so that you can be victorious. Somebody lift your hands all over this house right now. Come on, I'm done preaching, but I wish somebody would do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I wish somebody would pick up your sling. I wish you'd pick up your stone and say, God, I'm going to trust you today that you're able to win a victory. I'm going to trust you today that you're able to bring this giant down.